Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment, like music news. Give me a beat! It's time to talk music. I enjoy music. With Donna Valentine. Yeah! And Steve Patterson. You like Huey Lewis on the news? This is the beat. Well, where to begin? You start. Let's start with Owen Wilson. It's kind of a funny little bit. We love Owen Wilson. You're not a bad dog. You're not a bad dog. Wow. There was a there was a stretch on our show where there wasn't a segment that went by where one of us didn't. Wow. <laughs> That's true. About. Anyway, we like listening to him talk. We uh, He was on the Late Late Show with James Corden. Only a little more of that, right? I think James Corden, isn't he going off in April? I think it was middle April, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, very uh, soon. So we have a few more weeks of James Corden. But uh, he was on there talking about this time that he apparently is really cool. He got like a lifetime pass to Rolling Stones concerts. And it was like, wow, this is so fun. And it was fun. And he got it and thought, what a journey. And then it suddenly wasn't fun when they revoked it. Like the next day, here's Owen Wilson explaining how that happened. I went to see the Rolling Stones in Argentina. We got these special laminates, all access that were good for the rest of your life. That night at the concert, I'm kind of wandering around and I ended up right at this place where I could look over and see Mick Jagger. And then all of a sudden he bolts during Jumping Jack Flash and comes running down. And it turns out where I was was kind of part of the stage. And then someone came running or get out of here, move. You're not supposed to be here. And then I get a call the next morning from Mick's security team, do you have that laminate? Yes, I still have it. Okay, we're going to come over and pick it up. <laughs> but they revoked your whole your They whole revoked pass? the yeah. lifetime pass? Yeah, the lifetime yeah. pass. I only had it for... Yeah. What? <laughs> so he had it? Until he didn't. Isn't that kind of fun? Well, I, obviously stars. they knew who he was. Oh, yeah. To call and say, hey, you still got that? Yeah, but they were like, look... I don't care if you're Owen Wilson. If you're messing up Mick's flow on stage, he's going to run into you. He said it didn't help also that he was wearing white on white. Oh. Owen Wilson was. So it's, he wasn't even in, like, you want to blend in on the side. Oh, that sure. Wasn't, that wasn't happening. Wow, you're a bad dog. You're not a bad dog. You what are, are a bad dog. We said, what is it, Jennifer Coolidge and Owen Wilson? Is that what the internet is demanding that they do a movie together? Because they both have a similar, like, wow. Oh, yeah, that would be great. That would be so funny. I love it. I have something now about country music. Okay. Many of you know, um, I spent a little more than 20 years doing the morning show on a local competitive country music station. And that was kind of where I cut my teeth in radio. Okay. So that's why I bring you this country bit of news. Mm -hmm. And something that I learned in the headline... Dolly Parton and Garth Brooks, they're teaming up to do what? Well, to co-host the 58th 
Academy of Country Music Awards. Mm-hmm. Notable because this will be Garth Brooks' first time ever hosting a major award show. That is a little surprising because he's got a lot of personality. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, Vince Gill had a really good run of hosting for, gosh, it had to have been at least 10 plus years in a row before they like handed it off to people like um, Brad and Carrie Underwood. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think it'll be cute. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fun. That'll so be cute. Do- Dolly hosted alone back in 2000, post Y2K. And then she hosted with Jimmy Allen and Gabby Barrett last year. The show's going to be held at the Ford Center in Frisco, Texas, if you're keeping score of that kind of stuff. It's happening really? on May 11th. That's an interesting venue. It's going to stream live. Where can we watch it? On Amazon Prime Video. Okay. Now, I want to say this. ACMs are usually in Vegas. Well, they're in Frisco now. Okie dokes. And many people say Frisco, the Vegas of Texas. Frisco? I don't even know yo. Donna! What? The other day we were talking about the CMT Awards. And I was like, so the CMT Awards, they're different than the CMA Awards. And you're like, yeah, they're different. And then the next day, I learn about a third country music award show. So here's my point. Okay. That genre alone has just for that genre... Three separate award shows. Correct. You've got the Academy of Country Music Awards. You've got the Country Music Association Awards. And you've got the Country Music Television Awards. I think the ACMs are the oldest of all the awards. ACMs. 58th annual. So, yeah, I think you're probably got a good shot of that being right. Uh, That's just a lot. It's a lot, Steve. It's a lot of... It's too many. It's too many. It's too many. Because then add to that the Grammy Awards, the um, um, Billboard the People's, Music Awards, Billboard, People's Choice Awards, the American Music Awards. Yeah. I mean, come on. Then you've got, um, you know, all the subcategories of all. You've got the British Music Awards. You've got the Canadian Music Awards. It just. And then you go over to entertainment and you've got. The Grammys, you've got, the, oh, excuse me, the Emmys, the People's Choice Awards, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, the Screen Actors Guild Awards, the Directors Guild, the Writers Guild, the BAFTAs. Just like, I know it's not the most important thing in the world, but I just feel like less is more. Like an award means more. They've kind of gone the way of the millennial generation. People used to say, oh, it's everybody gets a trophy. Right. Y- y- y'all get trophies, a lot of them from a lot of different places. Let's yeah. just do one in each genre. Movies, duke it out. Let's have an Academy Awards Golden Globe bloody fight. I kind of am starting to agree just because they keep adding more and more and more. And then the awards mean less and, and less. And then the Kids' and less. Choice Awards, you know, ugh. Or, or. The Razzie Awards. I've said, let's bring the Kids' Choice Awards. Let's bring a bit of that into the Academy Awards. Whoever loses gets slimed. You know what you would have? I, I will tell you what you put me. Mark this down. Record this so that this could be repeated in the future, please, Mike. Got it. Mark my words. If you threatened that at one point during the ceremony, three nominees will be slimed and they'll have no idea it's coming, you would have record ratings. 
Don't, I don't care who you got hosting. I don't care what your stipulation is on how long the acceptance speech can be, how many musical performers. If I tune in and know that there is a chance that Meryl Streep gets slimed, I am locked and loaded. Get me the popcorn remote in hand. Hell, you can throw the remote away. I'm not flipping that channel, Donna. Fine. I'm watching. It goes on Denzel. Denzel gets all training day pissed on them. Come you know on. what I miss? Yes. What happened to the worst dressed awards with Mr. Blackwell's annual list? Does that still exist? I don't know. It's probably too harsh in this day and age. You would offend someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't want to make anyone cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Jennifer Aniston, she said, uh, she said, like, some of the younger people who are watching Friends now, she said they're just getting a little too offended. Like By what? It, I think we need, I guess, some of the things that they talk about within friends um she says you need to be able to like make fun of characters and their point of view like if you're like hey that's a bad point of view to have there's a place in comedy essentially to be able to include them in that conversation and make fun of it if you want to make fun of it that way i think uh all in the family oh yeah you know it's like archie bunker was so politically incorrect but that was the point was to create conversation sure bill maher i heard a random bit of bill maher talking the other day on tiktok and he was basically calling out the hypocrisy of our generation, and you can that can be your generation, my generation, Gen Z, whatever, of basically saying, oh, come off your high horse, that you just think, had you lived 50 years ago or 100 years ago, your crystal ball would have been working perfectly, and you would have known that you shouldn't ever joke about this because right. that's how people are going to feel in the future. Of course. He was like, oh, just come off it. You all would have made the same mistakes, and now you're just sort of, you know, beating up the generation before you because they lived in a different time. You would have been doing the exact same thing. You got it, buddy. Boo. Well, Bill Morris got it. He was the one who was saying it. Okay. I have to go. No, you have to stay. Oh, okay. We have a show to do. Golly, every day? Yeah. We got some food news on the way. Hey, the Mall of America added three new restaurants. I'll tell you about that. Uh, and there's one menu item that I have a very hard time with. Really? I really do. I'd love to be proven wrong. Also, if you have a soda stream that's in the back of your pantry somewhere because you're just not using it, you need to bust it out. And there's a totally different reason why you should be using it. it has nothing to do with water. I love it. That when we go back, Don. We're back. Donna and Steve at your service on My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Hello. Welcome to Donna and Steve's. Hi. Can I interest you in some food news today? Yummy. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Do you want to hear about the Mall of America's new restaurants coming? Yeah, I love what's happening with their food scene. It's awesome. Uh, they've got Moki Donuts. Uh, well, it's actually Moki Nut is the name of the establishment, but the donuts are the main attraction. That's supposed to open in the spring, level two, east side. It, it's a treat that originated in Hawaii. And, Moki? Mochi. Yeah. Oh, Mochi Nut? Mochi Mo- Nut. Mochi? Ooh. I think it's Mochi. I think you're right. Mochi, mochi Nut. A Mochi Donut. Well, anyway, what they do is they cross American donuts with Japanese Mochi. Bubble tea drinks. Wait, no, no. Korean rice flour hot dogs. That's what I'm having a problem with. Korean rice flour. I'm now imagining someone creating a tube of uh, made of rice flour. I think that'd be good. And saying it's a hot dog. Is it? Do I not know what rice flour is? 
I mean, it's just flour, right? Uh, flour, hot dog. Let's will see what it taste? This. Does it look like a hot dog? It looks like a corn dog. Oh, it looks like a corn dog. Yeah, they're just Korean-style corn dogs. Okay, well then... With rice, made with rice flour instead of corn flour. They should then say Korean-style corn dogs instead of but a corn Korean dog, rice flour hot dogs. Because when you say corn, you think there's corn and then it's gluten-free. Mm, I struggle with hot dogs. I can only have them grilled. I just struggle with the whole thing, the casing, all of it. I again grilled and you and it splits open out of surrender due to the heat. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Boiled, telling me that there's some other situation that it's just a tube formed from rice flour. I don't know why. That's just I'm getting a not great vibe. I'm sure it's, it's great. covered with rice flour. And then they'll have some soft serve too. Okay. Okay. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, then we've got master noodle. That is, so uh, there's a location in uh, the Midway neighborhood of St. Paul, and that's going to open their, this is going to be their second location this spring, level three, south side. So they're known for their hand-pulled noodles. They've got a pretty big menu. They've got noodle dishes, fried rice, dumplings, noodle soup, egg rolls. Yes, queen. That sounds amazing. And Vitaly's Kitchen. Vitaly's Kitchen. It's a kosher dairy cafe. So they offer like handmade scratch from scratch meals like vegetarian, gluten free, seafood options. They've got wraps and sandwiches. They've got sweet and savory crepes. They've got soup and salad. That's also going to open in the spring. Also on level three, South Side. Thank you. Good night. Thanks, Donna. You're welcome. My wife bought me a soda stream a few years ago, and I was excited. And I think that I probably speak on behalf of many soda stream owners when I say, and now it's up on the highest shelf in the pantry back toward the corner. And I just never got into a flow of doing it. And I do like a bubbly water situation. Never got into the groove. Well, if you still buy your Spindrift or LaCroix or whatever, and you're like, well, what am I going to do with this soda stream? You could keep it, and you could use it to keep your salad fresh. Steve, tell us more. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. The canisters that you use with a soda stream are filled with CO2, which food companies already use to keep some vegetables fresh. So here's the hack. Take a bag of salad. Okay. Leave a small opening to fit the soda stream nozzle into. All right. Okay. Pump some CO2 in there and then seal it back up. Works best if you could do this in a big Ziploc bag. So you just slide it back a little bit, open a little hole. Soda stream goes in. And then boom, close it again. You don't need to be too, too careful about it leaking out because too much of it can kind of be overkill. 
they say you only need around 15% of CO2 in there. But this is cool because uh, the magazine called Cooks Illustrated tested it out with a bag of mixed greens, and it did, in fact, work. It kept them fresh for nine days compared to five days with the uh, without the CO2. So okay. you put a little soda stream in your salad bag, seal it up. Cool. You're almost going to get twice as long of a shelf life. Okay. I got to tell you. I've been doing a lot of purging lately, mm. you know, planning for my imminent death. There it is. And so I, I'm up at the cabin, and I've got this giant Jimmy Buffett margarita maker. Oh, that's fun. And it comes in this big bag, and I got it after, I got it in Nashville, sent to my home, because it was kind of like one of those swag bag kind of things sure, you know yeah, you hear yeah. about the oscar parties and people get stuff this was one of the things that they were giving to all the winners and okay. i'm like oh cool i just donated that biatch <laughs> I, i'm so sick of stuff taking up so much room and stuff that i don't use i had a cold last week right hashtag warrior i found this vix um steamer yeah. That you could put like a little Vicks pad in there and put your face on this and like steam your mm-hmm. nasal passages. I went, no, garbage. Yes. I, I'm so sick of all this. Stuff. I could put my face over a pot of boiling water. And I'm you do that sometimes gadgets. without a cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, to- I-, I hear you, Don. That's I just, a great space to be in. I don't want any more gadgets. I, want, I just want stuff out of the house. Well, and I think it's okay to say that you wanted those gadgets at that time. And now, to go back to Marie Kondo, woman was a genius in this whole Spark Joy thing, because that really is. You look at it, and if the margarita maker is like, oh my gosh, that's so fun, multiple weeks throughout the summer, we use it, we put on Jimmy Buffett music, then it would spark joy. But if it just takes up a big amount of space in a cupboard or on your counter, and you don't use it, that is a wonderful time to get rid of it. And then, Donna, a new gadget can make its way in when it sparks joy. Yes. Because I look at it and I go, why do I need this and a blender here? Why? Yeah. It's so stupid. The blender's doing the same thing. You just got a name attached to yours and a fancy carry bag and an ice maker or whatever. I'm like, I can do this in... So when you said SodaStream, which I know people love their SodaStreams, I just think more room on the counter or in the pantry. Yeah, I hear you. We, we're we're doing a little up. bit of decluttering right now. And even just tidying up some rooms and moving some things into storage and all that. It's amazing how there is a visceral feeling of satisfaction after yeah. you do that. I'm literally giving stuff away that people would be like why wouldn't you sell that you could get you know a couple hundred bucks for it i'm like i don't care i'm with you donna i do not care lou is always like wait we should sell it and i'm like just throw it out yes get rid of it donate it get it just make it quick and get it away because we need to keep that's how you keep coal in the engine of this locomotive that is purging you got to keep getting rid of it you do a whole facebook marketplace now you're texting people eight thousand times a day if you want to if your object is to make money do that right if your object is to purge get rid of it thank you thank it for its service and it is on to the next homeowner bye see you everybody (laughs) no i was talking to my dresser oh anyway yeah no i have a desk that i never look at because it's in the basement below the basement and i'm like 
I never even thought about you, haven't looked at you, haven't used you in 10 years. Why are you still here? You're so, evicted. So a lot of people talk about their significant others after a while. Right? I haven't looked at you. I haven't thought about <laughs> you. It's been 10 years. Why are you still here? Exactly. Thank you. Anyway, let's All take right. a break now. Okay. Let's play a game. 651 Want to play the College of Pop Culture Knowledge with us? We're going to do it next. It's us. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. Right Sorry, I'm fixing my microphone. All right. Six to ten inches. Whatever, man. <sighs> yeah, Take come on. That's bull crap. That's not going to happen. It's, it's going to be a lot of rain, and it just matter, depends on where that temperature is going to go. It's... Let's, you know, it would be, oh, come on, rain. Come you, on, rain. You always hear it, that one inch of rain is 10 inches of snow, so. Yeah, it'd be mm. great if we could just get some rain, it would melt the snow away. Mm-hmm. Although they're also saying there could be some ice accumulation, so whatever, it's stupid. Hmm. You want to play a game? Herp-herp. It's time to attend the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. It's like quiz ball. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Donna's a smart one. Or Steve. His brain ain't right, but it's fun. And here's your host, the Big Zamboni. I want to see how smart you are. Yes, we're going to find out how smart the two of you are today. Today, uh, a special day. You made reference to it earlier this morning. Today is Major League Baseball's opening day. Yeah. Yeah. Buy me some pizza at Cracker Jacks. No, I would never just. It's funny you brought that up. I would never just uh, do baseball trivia. That just would be unfair. I am going to do baseball movie mm. music. Mm. Oh. So these are all music-related questions around movies that uh, revolve around baseball. Huh. Okay, what is that? Nuance enough for you? Can you say that <laughs> like again? It. Okay, so they're uh, it's, it's music it's, related, but it's, as it's music that's in baseball movies. Got it. Simply put, yes. All right. And we got Taylor on the line oh, to play with us. Music related. Whoa. Oh, Taylor, you got to turn your radio down. Yep, I'm here. <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, Taylor. You here? Okay. Yeah. How's it going? Doing well. Where are you calling dude. from, Taylor? Yeah. What's going on in your world? I right am now? in St. Louis Park right now. Oh, nice. How's the weather? It's uh, cloudy, a little bit of sun. I see the sun through the clouds a little bit. Do you hear that we might get 6 to 10 inches of snow Friday into Saturday? Not looking forward to it. Nice. All right. Well, you sound uh, pretty positive, though. You sound like a fun person. It's, Steve, you, you let me down last time, so I don't know. I might have to go with Donna. All right. Well, screw yeah, you. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go away. Oh, man, I'm scared. All right, Taylor, we're going to put you on hold as well. Steve's going to step aside, and we will get this going again. Major League Baseball opening day is today. We're doing baseball movie music. Oh, boy. Baseball movie music. Stand by, Taylor. I think I'm going to need you. (laughs) All right, let's get it started with this one. With tracks in the movie Major League and Major League Two, For the Love of the Game and 61, plus routinely singing National Anthem and God Bless America across Major League Baseball parks, clearly this former Mr. Julia Roberts is a baseball lover. Oh, God. Former Mr. Julia Roberts is a baseball lover. Uh, Lyle Lovett? Uh, Featured in seemingly every baseball flick for obvious reasons, Center Field was a solo track for this guy who was best in a group. Oh, Oh, I love this song. I'll get back to it. Sandlot features some great 60s music, including this boozy tune from The Champs. It's been in a ton of movies, but Pee Wee probably did it best. Boozy? 
uh, take me out to the ball game. And the second one, center field. Center field. So, okay, we'll put, uh, all right, we'll bring Taylor back in here. Oh, man, this is hard. Taylor, you heard the uh, questions. Uh, How do you feel about them? I I did hear them. Uh, I'm not sure. (laughs) I thought it was going to do a little bit better than... Uh, but I don't have any answers for any of them. <laughs> I'll, I'll reread it for you here. She said, I'll allow it for the first one, I think, is was okay. the answer you gave, right, Donna? Yep. Uh, seemingly in every baseball flick, for obvious reasons, center field was a solo track for this guy who was best in a group. Hmm. Any idea on that, Taylor? I can't think of it, no. Okay. And then finally, any boozy tunes you can think of from the 60s? From the 60s. I don't have that one either. Okay, sounds good. We'll put you. On. We're doing real good, Donna. That's all right. Steve will suck at it too. We'll, we'll put you on hold. We'll go ahead and bring Steve back in hey, here. Hey, Steve. Alrighty, hang on one second. Alrighty here. then. By the way, as Steve gets situated, the okay. score thirty-six. Steve twenty-five. Donna win today would pull it back within ten. Yes. Or could awesome. distance it to twelve. Also an option. Math. Uh, are you ready, Steve? I'm ready. Let's get it going here. This, again, is baseball movie music. That's the theme for today's College of Pop Culture Knowledge. With tracks in Major League and Major League Two, For Love of the Game and 61, plus routinely singing National Anthem and God Bless America across Major League Baseball parks, clearly this former Mr. Julia Roberts is a baseball lover. Pass. Featured in seemingly every baseball flick for obvious reasons, center field was a solo track Lyle, for love it. this ahead. guy who was best known in a group. Say it again. Featured in uh, most baseball movies for obvious reasons, center field was a solo track for this guy who was best in a group. Ringo. Sandlot features some great 60s music, including this boozy tune from The Champs. It's been in a ton of movies, though Pee Wee probably did it best. Tequila. Featured in seemingly every baseball flick for obvious reasons, center field was okay. Tequila. Shoot. Angels in the... I don't even know. I was thinking the outfielders was a... Center field, I used to play that in the 80s. I used to take requests for it. It's an unbelievable song. Can you, my, Can you sing it? Can you sing it? From my favorite band of all time. What? Yeah, let's hear it. Put me in, coach. I'm ready, ready to, to play. play. Oh, no. Today. That's what I thought it was. Put me in, coach. Yep. No, no, no. That can be Santa, Santa Field. Field. And neither of you knew who sang that. Give a hint. It's a, uh, wait, wait, wait. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, sometimes I think life is just a rodeo. <laughs> I don't that know. That was my best CCR impression. <laughs> Oh, is it uh, Fogarty? John Fogarty? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, we'll uh, start with that one since you both got it wrong. Uh, featured in seemingly every baseball flick, center field was a solo track for John Fogarty. Mm. Ooh, this guy okay. who was best in a group was the clue, of course, obviously, with CCR. All right, the first one, uh, it took you both a second, but you did come back around for that uh, Mr. Julia Roberts uh, reference, which indeed was Lyle Lovett. That was my- Lyle, so what's the... Lyle Lovett has mo- uh, songs in Major League, Major League Two, For the Love of the Game, and 61. All four of those baseball movies, Lyle Lovett actually has a song in it. I love That's his music. He also has done the so National good. Anthem before a World Series, and he's saying, Take Me Out to the Ball Game and God Bless America multiple times wow. across Major League okay. Baseball. So I'm assuming he's a fan. Sounds like it. Yeah, or he's just willing to do anything, I guess, uh, for work. We've got Sandlot featuring a bunch of great 60s music, including this boozy tune from The Champs. It's been in a whole bunch of movies. But I think, Steve, the reference about Pee-wee maybe gave it away. I kept going boozy, boozy, Pee-wee. What an idiot. Tequila is the correct answer. Steve got that one right. Oh, Taylor. I'm sorry, Taylor. 
sorry, Taylor. That's all right. That was a tough what, what, Were we playing for Mario tickets? You were playing for Mario tickets, yes. Oh, man. I'll call back tomorrow. Awesome. Do all that. right. Sorry, Taylor. Do you feel bad for the kids that they're not going now? Yeah, yes. I do that you said that. <laughs> well, luckily, we'll just send them anyway. Oh, well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I, got you. Hang I on, wasn't Taylor. trying to make you send <laughs> yeah, them. You were, and it worked, darn it. <laughs> All right, hold what on, What was Taylor. the tiebreaker? Uh, the tiebreaker, here we go. You both ready? Yeah. Ready. This used to be my playground. Was Donna. This... Yep. Madonna. Yep. Yeah. Read the rest, rest of that question. <laughs> this used to be my playground was the song performed by the singer whose character played center field in the 1992 film A League of Their Own. Good one. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was good. Yay. All right. Eat it, Donna. You eat it, Steve. 12, girl. I got it. Okay. You're down okay. 12. I could lose for two and a half weeks straight. Mm. Oh, and you Time will. Time for a tip. <laughs> Everybody on the show getting tipsy. Everybody on the show getting tipsy. Everybody on the show is getting tipsy. Everybody on the show gets It's a play on words. Be It's not really a tip. It's just a heads up. Looks like the Prez has come in to town on Monday. So depending on what time, this could affect traffic. He's coming to Minneapolis. Uh, the White House has yet to release additional details about the location or the time of the event. But apparently they've been spending time, he and the administration have been spending time traveling for what the White House is calling an investing in America tour. So there it'd we be, go. It'd be fun to see the motorcade. That's always kind of fun. I've never it seen the motorcade. It sucks getting stuck on an airplane uh, runway. When Air Force One touches down. You got it, buddy boo. Or when they're leaving. Yeah. That's kind of a bummer. So once we know more information, we'll pass it along to you. Thank you. Hey, man. Reminds me of being on the runway back in December. Remember the snowstorm right around Christmas that screwed up flights? Yeah. And I was on a flight ready to go. Three hours later, we had reached our max time sitting on the runway. We had been de-iced twice. And uh, then they had to cancel the flight. Then I go, they put me on a flight the next day. As I'm leaving, I see another flight open going to Pittsburgh. I run around like a chicken with my head cut off, make it onto a plane on standby, go into Pittsburgh, tell the guy beside me, oh, boy, what a day it's been. He was like, man, that's crazy. Well, let's go. Let's go to Pittsburgh. All right, friend. Two and a half hours later, that flight was also canceled. And that was the day that I spent about almost six hours on two different planes and never went in the sky. That's a bummer. That was a real gut punch. Yeah, that That sucks. And then when I arrived to my destination, six of the people who were at the house had the stomach flu within the last 24 hours. Oh, my gosh. So I'm like, where would you rather be trapped? In a plane or at home with a bunch of people throwing up. I dodged it. I kept the mask on for like the first four days that I was there. It was awesome. I'm sorry. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, Steve. Thanks, Donna. What are you reading now? Well, I'm now still listening to the It's Better to Be Feared book. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's what I'm listening to. And then I'm reading Raising Worry-Free Girls by Sissy Goff. Oh, say more about that. Um, she is a she is a counselor and um, 
addresses addresses anxiety and worry, uh, or as they call it, the worry monster. In in this book, it's for girls in particular. I believe she has another book called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys and uh, a variety of other things. And they have some books that are geared toward young people as well. But, you know, and she has sort of has like a holistic approach of the mental health aspect of it, um, when it's just talking, when there's need for counseling, when uh, medication could be what provides a breakthrough. And also she's she's a Christian counselor, and so she comes at it from like a spiritual standpoint as well. But it's a very, um, I don't know, maybe I'm 80 pages into it or so, maybe 90. And she's she's got a very like sound, slow methodical approach to it and uh, we've had a lot of i've had a lot of head nodding as i'm reading it like oh yeah uh-huh that's what that can be like and that's how that is and then when that happens this is how the parents feel and so there's a lot of it's practical i would say it's very practical in its approach and actually sissy goff she's been in the news these last couple of days because um they her her the place where she works is in Nashville, and so okay. near near the Covenant school shootings, she's been there on site helping families and children, and how to navigate these conversations. And again, a really practical approach to that. So, so I'm reading that, and I'm listening to a book about the New England Patriots dynasty, which is also very compelling. Wait, you're reading three books? No, I'm reading the uh, the Raising Worry Free Girls book. Reading that on the Kindle, got and it, and then listening on Audible too. It's better to be feared. Basically about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Pretty, Got it. pretty interesting. Okay. How about you, Doug? Oh. Uh, but so I'm reading the Matthew Perry book, and again, somebody just asked what the name of it is, and it is called, uh, isn't it called like Friends Something and the Big Terrible Thing? Yes. Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, colon, a memoir. Thank you. And we come back. We're going to come back. Hey, yeah, it's yeah, Major yeah. League Opening Day, Donna. It is indeed. It's a sign of spring, despite the near foot of snow we might oh, have by God. Saturday morning. Um, so what we're going to do is celebrate that. It feels springy. We'll uh, talk about that. we got a little things that make you go, huh? Baseball edition when we come back. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Happy Major League Baseball Opening Day. Yeah. That's fun. It's going to be better this year, too, because they are uh, they have the pitch clock that we talked about earlier during spring training. Well, oh, yeah. pitchers just don't have a lot of time. You got to keep keep the game moving. They say that on average, it shaved twenty five minutes off of the average game length throughout spring training. So cool. That's fun. That's awesome. I think I heard Sebastian Maniscalco doing a an ad for Major League Baseball, talking yeah. about you know the rules and stuff like that and the changes and how it's going to be better. Probably a lot. Of, <laughs> yeah. Aww. Fun. Know who sings this? Yes. <laughs> I do now. John Fogarty. John Fogarty. There you go. Woo! That's a winner. Who, Coming uh, in, coach. Sounded a lot different in his solo days than he did when he was with CCR, if you trust Mike's impression. It's true. You sang <laughs> something like this. Oh, he got that's CCR. That was a pretty good impression. I'm not even going to complain about it. I thought it was good. <laughs> um, you know what? I found a few fun facts. Okay. And this can get us in the mood. Mike, could you play some of this baseball stadium uh, ambient music that I've put in for us. Of course. And this is old timey. What I like about this is we play a, a card game at home uh, when we go home over Christmas, and it's called baseball. And there's a bunch of rules, and it's kind of it, it keeps getting more and more layered. My brother adds new rules to it every year, but we put this on in the background when we play because it could take a while to sort of finish a hand. 
And so we just have this going on, and That's then it'll fun. just go back to normal ambient music, and then about a minute later, the organ comes back in, just like at a good old <laughs> ball game. So let's take a look at some things that you could be bragging about if you're getting together with some friends tonight. Okay. Um, Wait, baseball. I have a question. Speak freely. When's the Twins opening? Tonight? Today. Oh, my God. Kansas City? Yes. I assume they are always playing Kansas City, right? I believe it's 120 today, and oh my Kansas gosh. City is the opponent. Okay. Sorry, no, 310. 310. 310. It is in Kansas City. Okay. 310. Okay. All right. Oh, I, I hope that the, um, what is today, Thursday? Oh, so they're probably going to be in Kansas City all weekend. Yeah. Would have been great if they were here. Yeah, that would have been fun. Six inches of snow. Yes. Uh, okay, so we talked about the rules. They're a little bit different this year. It's intended to speed the game up. But at least they're not as goofy as having three teams playing at once. There was once a three-way pro baseball game. This happened in 1944. It was the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Giants. And they played to raise money for World War II. Each team batted three times against both other teams' pitching and defense. Feel confusing? It yes. was. The Dodgers won. Brooklyn! Nice, Donna. Thanks, man. Which team in Major League Baseball history has the best winning percentage all time? Yankees. Okay. Now, that is right, and that's sort of an obvious-ish answer. What percentage of their game since 1903 do you think the Yankees have won? Hmm. As the winningest team in baseball history. Let's play higher, lower. Okay. 58%. (sighs) Lower. Mike? Given his face, I'm going to say 57. That is right. Wow! (laughs) Nice job. Yeah! Holy amazing. Okay, so the Miami Marlins have the worst winning percentage of all time, or you could argue the best losing percentage of all time. What percentage of their games have they won in their franchise's history, the Miami Marlins, formerly the Florida Marlins? Uh, The Yankees have won 57%. They're the all-time winningest. The least winning Major League team has won what percentage of their games? 17%. Mike, care to guess? I'm thinking it's probably closer to 40, 42, 46%. Okay. That seems, I, I thought there had to be a bigger gap. I would think so too, but the Delta, not so big 57 for the all time winning us and only 46 for the all time losing us. See the organs back. (laughs) It feels really good. There are five major league baseball teams that have won every time they've been in the world series. Incidentally, The Miami Marlins are one of those teams. And the Toronto Blue Jays, they are both 2-0. The Los Angeles Angels, the Washington Nationals, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are all 1-0. So five teams that have been to the World Series and never experienced World Series defeat. Donna is squinting hard right now and didn't intend to go to questions that felt pretty straightforward, but we'll take one. Donna. I have never heard of the Los Angeles Angels. You've heard of the California Angels. And so I don't they, even. The Angels don't even ring a bell. That's troubling. But the Los Angels, Angels, Angels of heard, Anaheim. Like, the Twins are playing the Angels. Never oh. heard that ever. So I can't help you there. Okay. Because so, they've been a franchise for a long time. They used to be the California Angels. And they're in the same they, league. So they do play each other. Yeah. 
Wow. Then the Anaheim Angels, I, I believe technically they are the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. It was really clunky what they did, but I mean, most people would call them like the Anaheim Angels. Okay. I used to live right next to that park. Oh, that's nice. I used to live next to the Twins Park. Thank you. Mike, where'd you used to live? Um, Not near any ballparks. <laughs> no ballparks out in Baraboo? I guess technically I was near the softball field. Pierce Park was nearby. Yeah, softball field. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Angels in the Outfield, pretty good movie. I would recommend checking it out. I yeah. have seen that. Well, that's the Angels of Anaheim. Oh. <laughs> yes. Wait, what is that about? Is it about dead people? Yeah, they, they, he sees angels. Okay, And the angels Got come it. help the... Yeah, he wants to recon, reconcile with his dad. He wants his dad to oh. adopt him. So There's a better chance a of prayer. her watching if you just say it is about dead people. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Dave Winfield used to play for the Angels. I love Dave Winfield. He's in that movie, I think. Okay. All right. Let's see here. From uh, 1876 until 1887, Major League Baseball players could request where the pitcher threw the pitches during an at-bat. They could say, we we want them high, we want them low, or in the middle. And then the umpire would adjust the strike zone to the request. So I could stand up there. And I could see Mike pitching to me, and I'd say, I want all these up high, please. And he would say, well, certainly, sir. And then he would throw them high to me, and they would adjust the strike zone, so now it was all based on high pitches. Sounds like an NES video game. <laughs> Nintendo. Right, like cheat code. <laughs> yes. 1887 is when that rule went away, but it was in Major uh, League for Baseball. For 11 years. For 11 That's years. A long time. Yeah. Also, Major League Baseball, been around since the 1800s. That's kind of wacky. It's awesome. There's nothing in the official Major League Baseball rules that forces players to wear this. Yet everybody does. Cup. No. Also, they call them nut cups. I don't like that. They do, though. I said a cup, and then the kids were like, oh, yeah, we don't have to have a nut cup for that. And I was like, who's calling it that? They were like, that's what they call Everybody calls it a nut cup. Yeah. Crazy. I found that out from our old friend Marley McMillan. Who was like, I go, no, you can't go into an athletic store, right? Whatever you call those stores. Sure. Whatever. Sports, sporting goods stores. You can't be like, hi, can you tell me where the nut cups are? They're not going to be labeled nut cups. <laughs> Mike. I didn't realize nut club cups was regional, but apparently it is, because that's all I've ever known them as. When I was really? playing, yeah, when I was playing Little League, you'd go get and put your nut cup on. I've only ever heard them referred to as cups. No. And it reminds me of the time that... Mr. Slomer, my Little League baseball coach, said, all right, Steve, we're going to put you in at catcher now. Do you have a cup on? And I said, no, I don't. And he said, well, here, put this cup on. And I said, Mr. Slomer, I don't have underpants on. Oh, jeez. That's like calling a bra a teacup. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> good point. Yeah. Hi, can you tell me where your bleep cups are? I didn't make the rules. Uh, right. Anyway, all players, there's no rule saying that players need to wear hats. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. So sex. you can just go out in the outfield and just not wear a hat. You do have to wear a helmet when batting or running the bases, but other right. than that, no hat needed. Okay, thanks, man. Hey, we got a dirt alert coming up next, and then a little bit of a uh, movie news. When we come back.